Yo, welcome everybody to Brojo Online. We're on the 13th session now, and today we're going to be talking about letting go of outcomes, which is another way of saying letting go of neediness, the one thing in your life that pushes away what you want more than anything else. So welcome back uh, to all our regular viewers, listeners, whatever, and to our Improvement Academy buddies. Today's session's an important one. I say that about all my work because I've got a massive ego, but I really mean it this time, really. Brojo Online, we've been talking about this subject pretty much every time we've done a session, and yet this is the first time we'll be looking at it directly, and that is the idea of being emotionally attached to outcomes, to have an emotional investment in the future going the way you want it to. We're going to be having a look at what this is, how this affects your everyday life, and most importantly, how this actually prevents you from those outcomes and results actually happening, prevents you from getting what you want. The ironic thing is that it's the very act of wanting something that becomes the biggest barrier to receiving it. And that's what we're really going to be looking at today, letting go of the neediness around that desire not the desire itself but the neediness attached to it the fictional attachment to the future and becoming more present in a practically applicable way something you can actually go out and do this week seriously if you've never seen brojo online before that's all good this is the one that i think has had the biggest this this concept has had the biggest impact on me in terms of changing the way i view the world and allowing me to enjoy life so much more put it this way it's much more enjoyable to be involved in a sport when you don't have the pressure to win it's much more enjoyable to be on a date when you don't have the pressure to create a relationship it's more enjoyable to do pretty much fucking anything when you don't have pressure to actually achieve something when you can just be there in the moment like being on holiday like hanging out with your best friend like doing something for free it's those kind of attachment-free situations that allow us to really enjoy life. Now, I know a lot of you watching will be either recovering or still deeply involved in things like the pickup artist movement. These, are, these kind of movements are really focused on being attached to outcomes. They're really focused on getting something. And if you're involved with this, you'll know the pain and suffering that comes from that attachment. You'll know that it's not helping you. You'll know that it disconnects you from people. And so today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be diving deeply into what is this thing where we're attached to getting something. Why does it happen? And is it helpful? And I'll, I'll call it out, disclose it right now. I truly do not believe it's helpful. I believe this attachment to outcomes is a, a false god that we've been conditioned and programmed to believe from a very early age. And it actually crushes our ability to enjoy life and makes us cheat chase validation after validation achievement after achievement without actually gaining any real satisfaction so that's what we're going to be looking at i want to disclose that this will be biased as i suppose all these sessions are to my philosophy and my point of view but this this session is really for people if you've been chasing something for a long time and that chase is not rewarding for you it feels like a chore it feels like you're waiting for something good to happen in the future rather than feeling it now then this is the one for you so let's start by defining the problem as we always do 
and have a look at what it means to be emotionally attached to outcomes. There's actually a Tony Robbins quote I want to plant a seed with today. And he says, there is no such thing as failure. There are only results. And that really speaks to what we're going to be talking about today. The idea that emotional attachment to an outcome is the only thing that can produce a failure. A failure is a completely subjective notion. And it's becoming emotionally attached to a different outcome occurring that makes you call the one that actually occurred a failure. Having an emotional attachment to an outcome that then comes true is what we call a success. And so you can see right away the subjective nature of an outcome or a result, if you prefer that word. For us to call something a success or a failure, we must first have a predefined concept around what success and failure is. And what we can see quite clearly is that is simply an emotional attachment to a certain outcome. Of all the millions of things that can happen, you're more emotionally invested in one of those things happening. And so that's what you call a success and everything else you call a failure. And then you call yourself a failure for every one of those failures that occur. So you're essentially calling yourself a loser because the thing you predicted happening didn't occur. You're beating yourself up for not being able to predict the future accurately, which is just lunacy because nobody can predict the future accurately. So you're beating yourself up for something that no human can do. It's like beating yourself up because you can't go invisible. It's like beating yourself up because you can't levitate. It's like beating yourself up because you can't read minds, which is another thing people often do. Emotional attachment to outcome could be the source of all of your suffering. And that's what I want to explore deeply today. So what is it? What does it mean to be emotionally attached to an outcome? Well, simply put, it means that your happiness, if you want to use that word, or your satisfaction and quality of life is determined by your results. It means there is a direct cause and effect relationship between things going the way you hoped they would and whether or not you enjoy life. That is an emotional attachment to outcome. So if you think that a date that doesn't end with sex is a failure, you're emotionally attached to sex as an outcome. If you think that being a millionaire is a success, then you're emotionally attached to money as an outcome. If you think that somebody liking you is a success, then you're emotionally attached to validation. Uh, if you think that having a six pack is a success, then you're emotionally attached to aesthetic appearance. On and on and on. If you think that something external needs to happen for you to qualify as having a good life, then you are emotionally attached to outcomes. Now, what does this mean? It means that the only good experiences you can have in life are the ones that qualify as a win, as a success. And everything else is a failure. Everything else, by your definition, would be bad. So, if your standards are really low or really broad, you could get lucky. You'll have a lot of things you consider a success. There are people out there who think getting out of bed and sitting on the couch to watch TV all day is a success. These people could be quite satisfied with how life is going, at least in the short term. But ultimately, you've set a bar for yourself, and if you cannot jump over that bar, you consider yourself a failure and your self-worth suffers appropriately. So I want you all to just take a second to think about what results you're attached to, what you consider good, what you consider bad. 
when it comes to dating and relationships and friendships, when it comes to health, fitness, exercise, aesthetic appearance, when it comes to wealth, career, entrepreneurship, what do you consider to be a success? What do you consider to be a failure? What do you hope will happen? What do you hope will not happen? All of these things, good or bad, show an emotional attachment to outcomes. And when this happens, something happens with it. This emotional attachment to outcomes creates this kind of waiting feeling, this hope, this wish as an emotional sensation. And there's a word for that. And the word I like to use is neediness. It's when you look at something you want and yet you interpret it as something you need, something that is required for a quality life. Now this I believe is a, a, a misunderstanding of the concept of survival. I can want something without needing it. For example, I could want to go outside right now. It's quite sunny out there. I don't know if you guys can see that. And I kind of want to go out there. But if I don't, I'm not going to die. If I don't go outside, I'm not going to die. So that's something I want, but I don't need. I do need to go outside at some point in my life for my health. You know, if I don't get that vitamin D or whatever the fuck it is you get from the sun, I will suffer. There is some really clear research to suggest that without sunlight, we really do suffer. Unless you've got that like super albino thing, right? Which I kind of do. Um, getting off track. But I don't need to go outside right now. I want to go outside right now. I need to go outside in terms of my longevity of life at some point in time, but it doesn't have to be right now. So the idea that I need it is inaccurate. It's false. It's a fiction. I need it in the long-term sense that I need to look after my health in order to survive and have quality of life, but I don't need it right now. That's mistaking want for need. So when we look at neediness, what we're talking about is becoming attached to a certain result happening when you want it to and thinking that that needs to happen. So if you're on a date and you feel bad about how that date went because the two of you didn't connect, it tells you that your want for a relationship became a need with this one person. You decide that this person needed to be the one. Some part of your brain made that calculation. Said if it doesn't work with this one, you have failed. So you become attached to a certain outcome, a specific this time, this place outcome, rather than the overall concept of it would be nice to be with someone, it would be nice to experience love and connection, which as a side note doesn't require a relationship. So you can see this with, with marriage. Some people get quite needy about marriage. I need to get married. I need to have kids. Actually, you don't. You can survive your entire life without any of those things. There's plenty of research to support that. But your idea that you need it, that a marriage and kids is the only true measurable representation of love and connection, which is the actual thing you do need, well, unless you're psychopathic, it's causing you to chase that thing as if that's what you really want. And this is where it gets really interesting. When we think we need a specific outcome, we start to believe that chasing that outcome is good for our health. We believe it's good for our quality of life to do that. 
we believe it is a helpful thing. So you'll get this person going on a date and they're chasing a marriage. They don't have that thought necessarily revolving in their head consciously, but they think that getting married is the one way to live. And every time they go home for Christmas, they get shit from their family about how they're not married yet. And so they believe that marriage is a necessity. And so every time they're on a date, this deep core neediness for marriage, for long-term commitment from a partner comes through. And the other person on the date, they don't know what it is that's going on exactly, but they just feel this pressure, this pressure from the other person, this, God, they want so much from me. You know, I, I don't know how I know this, but it seems like they're asking a huge thing of me and I don't even know them. And this repulsion reaction starts to occur like, God, I've got to get away from this. This could occur if the person merely wants sex. They think I need sex to survive. Another inaccurate thought. And so they go on a day and they go, I fucking need sex. I really want sex. Now they try to hide this. Maybe they use pickup strategies. Maybe they just uh, pretend to be nice, whatever it is. And yet the other person just feels like, why? What's going on? They're taking something. They're trying to take something from me. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it. I can feel them trying to take something. And the repulsion begins, the disgust reaction, the pushing away. What I'm really trying to get to here is to, to open your mind to the idea that you thinking you need something, you allowing that belief to become true in your mind, is actually what's pushing away what you really want. One of the ways we talk about often in, in live brojo, the real life brojo, I don't know what you call it, the sessions, is the, the feeling you get when someone comes up to you on the street and maybe they've got a lanyard around their neck or they're carrying a clipboard and you know you just know they're going to try and get something from you they look at you they give you a big smile they say hi how's it going it seems legitimate on paper you know it just seems like hey they're just saying hi but deep down you know there's something else they want something they're going to take something they need something from you and your defensiveness is instantly triggered isn't it you start trying to protect yourself from this, this rapist who's come to take something from you. And so they're there trying to get you to sign up to some charity or do something that's actually a fairly noble, decent thing to do that's aligned with your values. But the way they're doing it is sacrificed any chance you've got. You're so defensive now that they don't stand a shot. All you can think of is how the fuck do I get out of the situation? You know, you feel that rush, that pressure to leave, to exterminate this person's presence from your life. And yet then you're on your way, you, you, you walk away from them, like, oh, I got them out of my life. And you go to that date that you had planned, and you do the same thing to the other person. They feel you coming. As soon as you walk in, you give them a big smile, you say hi, and they just feel it straight away, like, oh, he's going to try and take something from me. She's going to try and take something from me. And their defensiveness starts. As soon as you have a strategy, the neediness is already there. I really want to emphasize that if you have any form of strategy going into this thing to achieve a future outcome, a result of some kind, neediness is already present. It is impossible to have both a strategy and zero neediness. They go hand in hand. They, in fact, are the same thing. 
And now you can pretend not to have neediness. You could use pickup techniques, for example, to try and mask the neediness. But like the person with the clipboard walking up to you, if that other person you're talking to has any real confidence or healthy mind at all, they're going to feel it. They're going to know something is up. One of the things I discovered when I was deeply involved in pickup was that it only really worked on insecure people. If I went up and tried that kind of shit with somebody who was really secure and confident, it would disgust them. Yet if I go to a nightclub or somewhere where, you know, generally there are a lot of insecure people, it would work really well. And so all I was doing was allowing myself to get into connections that were both false and unhealthy. I was allowing myself to connect with really messed up people using a messed up strategy because I was messed up. Yeah, my attachment to outcomes gravitated me towards other people who had attachment to outcomes. Neediness finds neediness. So what we're talking about today, and you might want to sign off at this point if this isn't you, is if you want healthiness, if you want to find quality, if you want, whether it's health, wealth, relationships, whatever, if you want that to be a quality, satisfying thing in the long term, then first you're going to have to let go of needing it. Now, if you rather have a quick fix result and you don't care about the quality of that, you're all about quantity, then stop listening now. This is not for you. So let's start by trying to figure out how we know when we've become attached to trying to get something. How do we know when neediness is showing up? Because quite often we're not even aware of it or we think it's hidden. So one of the first warning signs is that there are a limited number of possible outcomes in your mind, which simply shows you that you're thinking about outcomes, if nothing else. And that there's a limited number and one of those outcomes qualifies as a success and the others qualify as failures. You've already decided that before you've even taken your action. So I know we've got a lot of me improvement and Brojo guys listening. So let's say it's all about you going up to meet new people, what pickup artists call approaching. If you think, if they like me, that's good. And if they don't like me, that's bad. That's a warning sign. It's a warning sign that you have become attached to outcomes emotionally. You're positively emotionally attached to them liking you. You're negatively emotionally attached to them not liking you. You're already needy about them liking you. No matter what kind of strategy you put in place to remove that neediness, you cannot go in there with that belief and be free of neediness. You just can't. So they're going to come up to you and when they laugh at your jokes or they smile at you or they touch you on the shoulder, you're going to feel a massive emotional response positively. You're going to be thinking, I'm winning this thing. And when they frown or they look like they want to leave or they say no to you asking for their phone number, you're going to feel a negative emotional reaction to that. You're going to feel bad about it. And so essentially, they get to decide if you enjoy your life or not. And this is the point I really want you to allow to sink in. Your emotional attachment to outcomes means that other people decide if you enjoy your life. I want you to stop and think if that's how the, you want the, the way to... <laughs> Let me start that again. I want you to stop and think, ask yourself, is that how I want the way the world to work for me? Jesus. Is that how you want things to go? Do you want other people to decide how good your life is? It's a serious question. It's not a hypothetical. Many people do choose this option. They choose allowing other people 
to determine their quality of life. They choose the victim mindset. That's what attachment to outcomes is, being a victim. I'm going to let the rest of the world decide if my life is good or not. I'll set up this criteria and let the world live up to that criteria. So at the deepest core, you're still deciding about your quality of life, but you're placing the power of attorney in other people's hands. If a girl not liking you means that you enjoy life less, then you have set that system up. You are emotionally attached to outcomes. Another key warning sign is anxiety. Anxiety is a great emotion to have. It's, we're very lucky to have it. We fight against it all the time. We try to turn it off, and yet it is one of our most powerful sources of information. It also allows us to have energy and to have drive and passion in situations that we are trying to achieve a result. So anxiety tells you that you are attached to the future. You can only have anxiety in relation to thoughts or sensations about the future. It's very unlikely that you will experience symptoms of anxiety because of the present moment. The present moment is almost always peaceful. I'll give you an idea of that. Let's say you've been, there's an example I like to use, you've been kidnapped, tied to a chair, and someone's got a gun in your mouth. Now, for most people, you're going to be feeling a massive amount of anxiety in that situation, and yet you're fine. If I was to take a photo of you in that moment, you're actually fine. You're sitting on a chair and there's a gun in your mouth, but nothing that bad is actually occurring. Physically, you are harm-free. It's your thought about the person pulling the trigger that causes the anxiety, isn't it? Now, if you were sure that the gun wasn't loaded, for example, if you were tied to the chair and the gun was in your mouth, but it was your friends and they were playing a joke on you and you knew that, you wouldn't have all the anxiety. So it's just the idea of pulling the triggers, the fantasy in your head about the future, that anxiety, that attachment to them not pulling the trigger that has caused you anxiety that emotional attachment to an outcome you want. So if you're about to go up to someone new and say hi to them and you feel a massive amount of anxiety, that tells you that part of you is attached to the outcome. You want it to go well. And that's what the anxiety is telling you. So you need to listen to your anxiety. Stop trying to squash it. Stop trying to remove it. It is your friend. It is telling you about your belief system. It's telling you that you're emotionally attached to a fictional future. It's telling you it's time to become more present, which we'll talk about in a bit. The opposite is also true. So feelings of hope, wishing, optimism beyond something that's rational. This means you're attached to a future outcome that you think is going to happen. You expect it. See, anxiety tells you that you don't expect the outcome to happen. So if you feel anxiety walking up to a stranger, it's because... You want it to go well, but you don't think it's going to. You don't believe in it. Whereas hope means you want it to go well and you expect it to, which I think is even more dangerous. You know, because it means you're just setting yourself up for a big crushing defeat. I mean, if you're really pushing yourself, if you're really getting out of your comfort zone, then 90% of what you try will fail by your standards. That is what I'd call healthy level of growth. Yeah, you should be failing failing far more than you succeed. If you're succeeding all the time, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. It's as simple as that. So failure is the only way to accurately measure that you are growing. So if you're feeling hope or wishing, that is a warning sign that you're emotionally attached to outcomes. I suppose it's a fairly obvious one, right, when you think about it. 
And it tells you again that you have decided that something external occurring in the future, a completely fictional and uncontrollable event, will determine whether or not you have a good life. You've allowed that to happen. And I think the main warning sign that you are emotionally attached to an outcome, that you're trying to get something, is that all you care about is the end result. The process to get there is a chore, something's in the way between you and the result. It's, the journey is meaningless to you. The journey is just the means to the end. For example, if you go to the gym and you don't enjoy actually being at the gym, you don't enjoy the workout process itself, you don't look forward to it, it is not a result in and of itself just to go to the gym. You're just like, no, I need to look like Brad Pitt out of Fight Club. Until then, nothing else matters. You know, no, I need I need girls to say that I look good. Until then, it's just pain. It's just suffering. It's just a pointless journey. You know, I'm at work. All I care about is that next promotion I'm going to get or that next sale. Until then, this is just noise, chores in the way of that. If that's how you're approaching life, shows that you're emotionally attached to achievements. I was very much like this for most of my life. I mean, it still comes through in my day-to-day -day life sometimes where there was this kind of silence between achievements. Everything was either achievements or nothing to me, you know. So the time between achievements would, it would not register very well in my memory. It was so unimportant to me. It was just a way to get there. It's like if I'm flying to the United States, the plane ride is nothing to me. I just want to get to the United States, you know. Whereas you know you're not emotionally attached to outcomes if you enjoy the plane ride. If you're checking out the movies, if you're laughing about the food, if you're getting to know the person in the seat next to you, that's somebody who's emotionally attached to the present. But if you're like waiting for the plane ride to be over, if you're waiting for the journey to end so you can get to the destination, then you're emotionally attached to the destination. Yeah. So let's stop for a minute and just think, how does this attachment affect us? What does it do to us, this emotional attachment to outcomes beyond what we've already talked about? Well, let's start by looking at that limited possibilities concept. If you've only got a number of possibilities, one's a failure, one's a success, that kind of concept going on, you've eliminated the possibility of being surprised. You've eliminated the possibility of something new and exciting and unpredictable happening, a third, fourth, fifth, or a hundredth option that you hadn't predicted, which, by the way, is an elimination of truth. You cannot predict something 100% accurately, even if the girl doesn't like you when you go up to her, you don't know how that's going to happen. There's a million different ways that could happen. But in your mind, it either happens or it doesn't. That's, that's the only thing you're open to. You're not open to the rich experience of the millions of variations of what actually happens in real life. So this attachment limits our scope. It puts blinders on so we can't see a range of activity. We only see yes no binary black and white fail success we don't get to experience the rich and meaningful variation of life so life becomes kind of dull it becomes a binary robotic life win fail win fail win fail not just experience no win no fail just this happened this happened this happened interesting adventure playfulness all of that stuff gets eliminated with attachment to outcomes because the thing is, even with a win, all you're doing now is setting yourself up for the next attempt. 
So you get the promotion, you get this brief surge of, yay, I got there. And then there's like, well, what about the next promotion? Your brain auto automatically jumps to that next achievement. You've been out there trying to get laid and you finally have sex. You're like, yes, that lasts for maybe a couple of days. And then you're like, okay, now I've got to have sex again. That attachment to outcomes creates this kind of drug feeding behavior. It's exactly the same as a heroin addict. You're either on heroin or seeking heroin. There is no enjoyment of the heroin itself. You know, there's this brief kind of satisfied instant gratification and the neediness comes roaring back in. Even worse because of the gratification. You can see this with the, I saw this with my addiction to smoking. I would want a cigarette. That neediness would be there. I think I needed a cigarette. I'd even use language that said I need a cigarette as if somehow that was going to help me survive. I'd have my cigarette. I'd have a brief freedom from neediness. That was the most I could call that satisfaction. It wasn't even really joy. It was just freedom from neediness for a second. And then I would get the need for a cigarette again, but it would be worse than the time before. I'd need it more. It would become more urgent especially over the years that I was addicted to smoking. At first, I could go for a week between cigarettes, and then it was down to like a couple of hours at most. It got to the point where I'd panic if I was in a situation where I wasn't allowed to smoke. Like if I had to go out on a boat and you weren't allowed to smoke on the boat, I'd actually feel anxiety about that situation. So you get to the point where anxiety, that kind of neediness, becomes your, your main thing. It's the, the dominant feeling in your life. You might not perceive it as actual anxiety, like heart racing kind of fight or flight response, but just this kind of pressure, this pressure to succeed all the time, this pressure to get to the next win. You can see this with the, the pickup artists, guys. They might appear to be really carefree and confident, but all they can think about is that next win. It dominates them. It, it removes all real enjoyment. You can't even have a conversation with them about other aspects of life. All they can talk about is that next win they're going to go for, that past win that they had. They just live in those wins and they miss out on the in-between parts. So what you'll also see is that you'll eliminate possibilities. If I go up to a girl and I think she's either going to like me or not like me, like me as a win, not like me as a fail, and she says she's got a boyfriend, I'll take that as a fail and I will leave. She could have been a great friend. She could have been somebody who introduces me to other people. She could have introduced me to dancing or some new kind of thing. She could have been somebody that was just great to talk to that day. But I walked away from her because I perceived a failure to have occurred. I missed out on the millions of possibilities and options that could have occurred in my connection with her simply because of my perception of a failure. It limits my possibilities. I walk past someone, they look really interesting, but I think I'm not attracted to them. Therefore, there's no point, there's no chance of a win, and I miss out on whatever they could have been, a great friend, a business partner, you know, an interesting person to talk to. I was at the airport, I was stuck at the airport again, because um, I missed a flight again, and I was there and I was really bored and stressed out about missing the flight, and this old couple, a uh, Malaysian couple, I believe, sat down next to me. Well, I thought they were like in their 50s. Turns out they're in their 70s. They must be eating well or something. Now, if I was in my old pickup mindset, I would have ignored them. They were no chance of, of sex. The situation had no chance of sex. There's no point in talking to them. But since the changes I've made, I thought, well, you know, I need to talk to somebody. I'm fucking bored here. Um, so I talked to them, and they were two of the most interesting people I've ever met. In terms of a couple, they were 
just phenomenal. The guy, you know, he he helped me understand what old age was like. He gave me this kind of behind the scenes scope on on how he was once this really sort of confident man who dominated the business world and now he's really scared of everything all the time. Feels like he's being left behind by technology. And he was telling me all of this stuff. It was just really interesting. You know, and I'm always interested in psychology. I learned a lot from those two. I would have missed out on that possibility if I'd been attached to outcomes. If I'd been attached to having a good conversation with someone I'm attracted to, for example, I would have never spoken to them in the first place and my body language would have pushed them away. See, the thing is, when you're attached to outcomes, everything about you tells people that you are. It says, don't come near me if the person doesn't meet your criteria for a win. And it says, give me something when they do. It just drives them away. The other way it affects you is that your neediness will lead to fear-based decision-making. All your decisions will be based on the survival neediness kind of mindset. Um, so it's all going to be about short-term gain, you know. And this is why, for example, in pickup, very few of the people actually end up in loving relationships. They just go from one source of validation to another, and it doesn't last very long. Even the guys who get laid a lot, they can't seem to have a, a commitment from a woman in their life. The woman eventually drifts away, and they really struggle with this. And this is because they're constantly wired to seek short-term gains, which almost always sacrifice long-term rewards. It's a basic principle of life that I've discovered and believe in deeply. That is, when you go for instant gratification, you sacrifice long-term gratification. When you take the easy win now, you sacrifice the long-term reward later. And the opposite, you take the hard road now, you get the long-term reward. You take the risk now, you get the long-term reward. And this is what you'll see with someone who's attached to outcomes is they just pick up those pieces, the low-hanging fruit, I believe is the term, they're just going for the easy wins, and they sacrifice what they're really after. When somebody goes for the, the quick sale because they're just chasing money, quite often they sacrifice long-term money, but even when they get money, they're sacrificing long-term happiness, long-term satisfaction, long-term connection with people because they've become this sort of narcissistic money grubber. You know, It's the same with someone chasing a relationship. They'll take anyone... <laughs> Who will show a sign of attraction towards them rather than stepping back waiting for quality and having a long-term relationship that they had to earn over time and patience that is deeply rewarding instead they'll just go from one shitty unhealthy relationship to another taking whoever they can get especially when they think somebody who's physically attractive meets all their demands all their needs and overall you just find it hard to be present you, had, you don't get to actually experience life when you're attached to outcomes, do you? You're just looking forward into the future the whole time while life happens around you completely unnoticed. Time goes very quickly when you're attached to outcomes because you're not really aware of time passing. When you're trying to get home, you know, it seems like time's dragging out, but then you get home and you go, fuck, where's the day gone? Because you finally achieved your outcome you, your brain just deletes all the, the noise of the process, of the journey. So you're present only during achievements. You're present only during your wins. And if they are few and far between, that means you miss out on just hours, days, weeks, months, and eventually years of your entire life. You'll see this. You talk to someone who's been a real career like ladder climber. They might have worked somewhere for 10 years, and they can't remember the specifics of that work. 
whole years they can describe whole years as if they're a day because they're just so attached to those outcomes it's like i worked there for two years got a promotion to this then i worked there for another three years and got a promotion to that and you're like that's five years you just described in like two seconds did you enjoy that time i mean what happened in those five years anything and they literally cannot remember their brain has kind of deleted or archived that information or it wasn't able to create memories because if you're sitting there daydreaming about the future you cannot absorb stimuli from the present your brain is recording memories of you dreaming of the future rather than memories of what's actually happening so you miss out on life and you get to your deathbed and you go fuck i didn't really do anything with my life well actually you did you just can't remember it because you weren't there to process a memory you weren't actually present during your life to create a memory so this is how it affects us essentially in shorthand term it fucks your life attachment to outcomes means you don't get to enjoy your life you only get to enjoy the wins and even then it's only a short-term enjoyment that just creates a deeper hunger for the next win so it's not really in the long-term sense of the word enjoyment it's just more pain and suffering where does this come from you know where does this attachment to belief come from does it come from a healthy place did we learn this from healthy people or have we been conditioned and programmed to believe in something that is harmful to us i want you to think about where it came from for me it came from childhood i was taught scarcity as a child i was taught that you must get something now nobody who was teaching me was necessarily a bad evil person in fact my my parents in particular were the opposite of this they always talked about just enjoying the process but when i got to school and all my peers and my teachers just went on and on about results you know where school it doesn't count what you did in class if you failed the exam you know with your friends it doesn't count if you've been a good person if you fuck up once you know these these ideas that without a result you're nothing and your attempt to get a result is all that matters the idea that you see it in school the the fun subjects the things you love to do are often the things that you're are considered optional they're considered you do those in your free time because they don't count as work especially if you're artistic you know you might you might like drama or something you're like yeah that's an after school class you got to get serious while you're at class you got to do this mathematics stuff that you hate you know that that's the only thing that counts as real work because you've got to get a job in the future you've got to get this and get that or otherwise you're a loser we were taught all this by who people who are happy with their lives people who are satisfied and content people who genuinely enjoyed the process of living or were we taught by people who also been conditioned and programmed people who didn't enjoy their lives either i think about the pressure i received from people growing up to achieve things and it was from people who were under pressure to achieve things they were passing on their sickness to me like a virus and that all came under the guise of helping me well the people who have really helped me are the ones who have said well what do you need to do to enjoy your life no not not in the future now what do you need to do to enjoy life now what would make life meaningful for you now you might not live till tomorrow what's the point in worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow you've got no control over that you've only got control over now and even then it's limited control so choose wisely Things that might have programmed you to want to get something is when you're praised on your results and you were punished for failures. You know? And you see this in school all the time. They get the red pen out when you got anything less than a fucking A plus. You know? 
And then when you get an A+, you're like, oh, look how well little Daniel did. Class, let's all look at him and envy him and beat him up in the playground after school. You know, class, he's good. You guys are bad and he's good. You know, did you see that happen at your school? Did you see that happen in your home? Did you see your friends punish those who were cool and pop, uh, punish those who weren't cool and popular and praise those who were? Did you see this training as you grew up to be attached to results emotionally? And did you ever stop to ask yourself, who is teaching me this? And do they actually know what the fuck they're talking about? Do they have a great life or do they just appear to? Or do they not even appear to? You know, you see this with a lot of the gurus, the gurus in uh, the self-development industry. They're saying, "Be like me. Look at my awesome house. Look at my awesome car. I'm, I'm awesome. Everything's great. Yay!" You know, but do you actually get to see inside them? Do you get to know if they are feeling content and satisfied? Do you ever stop to question why do they have to brag about that stuff? Are they not happy with it? Do they need me to give them a pat on the back for it? Can't they just enjoy it quietly by themselves? We don't stop to ask us. We just look at that stuff and go, I want that stuff too. Oh, no, I need that stuff. And we don't stop to ask, hey, am I being brainwashed here by somebody else who's being brainwashed? Is somebody passing their sickness on to me? I know millionaires. And I'm yet to meet one that seems truly satisfied with their life. Really? I'm yet to. The ones I've met are just so driven to achieve the next million that they don't even get to enjoy their current million. I enjoy a hundred bucks more than they enjoy a million. That is not a role model. That is not someone I would look up to. It used to be. I know guys who can have sex with three or four different girls every week. But it's like watching a heroin addict. They have to get it again and again and again. They have to brag about it. They have to get a pat on the back for doing it. They're not satisfied. They're not happy. They don't have what we all want. They just seem to. Because we've believed the lie that results are the enjoyment of life. If you've been taught to achieve goals rather than live by values, rather than use goals to live by your values, you're probably attached to outcomes. If you don't even know what your values are, or you're almost definitely attached to outcomes. That will be your default. So let's have a look at, at the other way to live. Let's have a look at what does it mean to completely reprogram the whole way you see the world, to let go of binary, to let go of win, fail, yes, no, black, white, and to enjoy the gray, to enjoy the, to make everything a win, to every experience to be something that you can enjoy and grow from, something that is meaningful to you, something that is, it's like when you're on holiday and you don't care what happens as long as it's interesting, to create that effect throughout your entire life. That feeling you get when you're with your best friend and you don't need to impress them. To create that with every person you meet. How do we expand those moments of experience to, to cover all life? And let go of the need to get something that you don't actually need. Yeah. So what does it mean to be unattached to outcomes? What does it mean to be free? It means you're open-minded to anything happening. You adapt to all possible options, including those that you didn't think of. You're aware that you have this attachment to outcomes, but it doesn't own you. You're open to other things happening. In fact, you kind of hope you'll be surprised. You're looking forward to life showing you something new, rather than hoping that it shows you something you've already thought of. 
you have a let's see what happens approach rather than I hope that this happens or hope that this doesn't happen approach. Your pleasure comes from doing things rather than achieving them. Your pleasure comes from running the race rather than crossing the finish line. And you're driven by your values rather than your attempt to achieve results. You're doing what's right for you right now, not what feels good or not what you think will feel good just in the achievement. But how do we do this? You know, if we don't care about external results, how do we maintain motivation? You know, how do we get out of bed if we're not trying to get something? And how does it change the way we need to do things? Well, first off, we've got to agree to some things. We've got to agree to being more open to making the most of a situation rather than trying to control a situation. Letting go of control and allowing yourself to be a participant in life rather than God. Allowing yourself to look at barriers as an exciting challenge rather than something to avoid or something to defeat. It means agreeing to less anxiety and more presence and enjoyment. If you can't agree to that, then I don't know what you're doing here. It means agreeing that there could be a richer experience of life, that rather than two options, there are many, and you're going to experience all of them. And some of them aren't going to be pleasurable physically, but they will be an enjoyable experience because they will add meaning and richness to your life. And it's about agreeing to allow neediness to go, to, so that you can behave more confidently and take bigger risks, which of course allow for much bigger rewards. How do we do this? First off, first and foremost, we're going to get practical now. You need to sit down with a pen and paper. You have a, need to have a look at everything you're doing and you need to ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this stuff? Am I seeking an external validation or is this because I'm living by my values? Do I get pleasure from the mere process of doing it or do I only get pleasure from results? You need to examine every fucking thing you're doing in your life for this. It should take you hours. It is worth the work. These hours could save you years of dissatisfaction. Years. You're going out dating. Why? Because you want a relationship? That's an external outcome. Straight away, that's a needy reason to be dating. It doesn't mean you should stop dating, but you just need to know why. You need to have a look at it. You need to have a look at starting to live by the values more. So I can either go on a date because I want to get sex, or I want to get a relationship, I want to get a laugh from the person when I'm funny, I want to get liked. Or I can go on a date because I want to practice honesty, I want to practice connection, I want to practice respect and courage for my own benefit. None of these things require anything from the other person. I want to push my comfort zone, I want to experience being out in the world and see what happens. These are good reasons to date, and you often find that you stop calling it dating once you have these reasons. Do I want, why do I want to try and get that promotion? Because then I'll feel good about myself. That's an attachment to external outcomes. I'm going to go for the promotion because it will force me to work harder. I'm going to go for the promotion because it will guide me in my day-to-day -day work and give me focus. I want to go for the promotion just because it will be fun to do. I want to go for the promotion just to show that it myself that I can go for it. These are things that should keep you in the present moment. You have the goal. But the goal is to help you live by your values, not to achieve the goal. Yeah? You want a six-pack? Fuck that. Make the goal about going to the gym and pushing yourself harder than you did yesterday. 
Make the goal about trying to see how long you can hold the weight up for. Make it about just you getting personal bests rather than being the best. Make it about your values. Make it about the process of doing it. Make it so that every rep is an experience in itself. Do it for you. Do it for your health. Change the reason why. As we sort of identify, you can use those outcomes. You don't have to deny that you're emotionally attached to them, but you can use them as goal, as as guides rather than as achievements. So yes, I want a relationship. I'm not. I can't lie to myself and say that I don't want one. I know I want one. I'm not enlightened enough yet to be completely free of humans for the rest of my life. I, I really do want a relationship, but do I need it from this one person? Do I need it from this date that I'm about to go on? No. What do I need to use this goal for? I'm going to use my desire for relationship to practice being open and honest with people. I'm going to use it to practice connecting with people. I'm going to use it to be courageous, to push me into doing things that take me out of my social comfort zone. I can still go out there and do things and be motivated, but it won't matter what actually happens because it's the very act of doing it that achieves the goal. I don't need a result beyond what I can control. Aim to give rather than get. The absolute best way to get rid of neediness is to stop trying to get something. But stopping to try and get something is almost impossible. You can't stop something. But you can start. You can do something that eliminates it. And the only way to eliminate neediness is to give. So you can go up to someone, talk to them because you're trying to get their phone number. Or you can go up to give them recognition. You can go up to give them your honesty. You can go up to give them somebody to talk to today, at least the invitation. You can give someone the chance to hire you rather than trying to get the job. You can give your body health rather than trying to get a six-pack. Aim to give and keep reminding yourself around what giving you're doing. You're going to need to keep reminding yourself because your autopilot is around getting. You're going to have to break that pattern over and over again. I'd say like half-hour reminders on your phone. What does it mean to give right now? Keep refocusing on that until that becomes the new automatic pattern. Remind yourself that everything is just practice. We've got the Olympics on at the moment of this recording. Some of those athletes will be massively attached to outcomes, you know. They'll be attached to getting a medal. They'll be attached to breaking a record. They'll be attached to something. But the, the, the highest performing ones, the real true winners, will actually be probably be the ones who are there just to practice being at the Olympics, just to swim a little harder, run a little faster. It's all just practice. It doesn't matter if there's a flag with rings on it. They're still just practicing what they love to do. And right after the Olympics is finished, even if they don't get a medal, they're going to go right back to doing more practice. I do this with my dancing. I go to a competition feeling all the nervousness and stuff because I'm attached to winning the competition or impressing the judges or getting the performance right. And I just remind myself, I'm just practicing dancing in competitions. It's not actually a competition, it's practice. Everything is just practice. There is no such thing as a final result. You think the athletes, when they're finished at the Olympics, they all quit? Nah, they're in training for the next world champs or whatever. Everything's just practice for the next thing. And the next thing doesn't even matter. That's just going to be more practice. Focus on every task fully or don't do it at all. Hell yes versus hell no. If you really want to achieve that freedom of, of letting go of the, the, the outcome, is you really need to throw yourself into the process. 
You know, like I often say, if you're going to do the dishes, do the fuck out of those dishes. Wash them and like no one's ever washed them before. Throw yourself into the task or leave them and don't do them at all. Not some half-assed in-between thing. That's not living in that mediocre average. Give it all or give it nothing. Go on a date and throw your honesty at the person. Be as courageous and bold as possible or don't go on the date at all. Don't go there safely protecting yourself with pickup strategy or with nice guy bullshit. Go there and take the massive risk of them fully hating you or don't go at all. And what you can do to help reinforce this as, a, as an after effect is after every single action that you take, you journal, you know, not after every single action, but you might at the end of each day or whatever, journal and go, what have I learned from these experiences? Allow yourself to start registering that everything's just an experience to be learned from by forcing yourself to learn from each one. So you might come back from the dance competition, you lost, and you could write in the journal today, I lost the competition, which just reinforces that the outcome you you didn't want equals failure. Or you can be, what did I learn from this performance? And completely just disregard this win-loss thing that somebody else made up. You know, just go, what did I learn from this? You know, I learned when I get really nervous that my footwork needs to be focused on a bit more. You know, and that way you win from everything. You learn from everything, you win from everything. So, attachment to outcomes, it really is the, the ultimate, I guess, barrier to enjoyment of life. Remember, every outcome in your mind is a fiction. It does not exist. It's something that you made up about the future. It's something, one of the billions of variables, you've chosen one of them and decided that that's a win. And you've chosen another one and decided that's a loss. When actually all of them are a win if you can learn from them and experience them. You want to enjoy life. It's not going to come from winning. It's going to come from participating, from being present. Letting go of outcomes isn't something you get in your mind you stop doing. Just start being more present. Start focusing on let's see what happens rather than let's make this happen. Allow every experience to be something that you can enjoy and just see what happens to your quality of life after that. So I hope this one was helpful for you guys. You know, for me, this is a, a huge experience uh, change. You know, when I changed to stop trying to win and I just started trying to enjoy the moment, so to speak, I started trying to just have experiences and allow myself to, to still have that win-loss mentality but not obey it, just to see it there and go, okay, that's one way to look at the world. Let's see what else happens. My quality of life had just in, improved by 10, 10 times at least seriously so try it out for yourselves let me know how it goes and of course if any of you are struggling with this you can get in touch with me about more personal one-to-one -one support and we can help break through this together so go out there give it a test this week and let's see how you do have a good one guys cheers